With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Mike to New Haven podcast with sports personality Mike Cologne. Here's your host, Mike Cologne. First leg of a doubleheader, I'm going to have to do a really rapid-fire interview. I'll explain why momentarily. I won't waste much much time getting into this one. If you haven't checked out the previous episode, it was Volume 13 of the E-Men inside the NYPD's Emergency Service Unit. Of course, that was with Glenn Klein, a veteran of Queens' 10-truck. He talked about responding to motor vehicle accidents, talking down the suicidal from bridges, and, of course, the aftermath of 9-11. 10-truck lost two of its members that day. And he talked about his PTSD and overcoming that. That episode was dedicated to the memory of Paul Talty. Tom Langone, two guys from Tentruck who perished on that day of the 14 ESU cops that did in total. So this episode, we've been working to get to for a long time, long, long time. This is one of the interviews I was really, really wanting. And finally today, we do it with my next guest, who is a woman who spent over a decade bringing, bringing her vintage New York flavor to NBC, a lifelong New Yorker and graduate of the University of Albany. She was originally an accountant before deciding to take a leap of faith in her mid-20s and pursue her dream of becoming a journalist. Throughout her time at NBC, she's worn many hats, serving as a producer and correspondent for the weekend edition of the Today Show, as well as weekdays on New York Live, which airs Monday through Friday, 11.30 to, I believe, 12, if I have that correct. It's a half-hour program. Uh, she's been to many places, vacation spots, fine cuisines, entertainment, of course, on Broadway, and that's Joelle Gargiulo, who finally joins us on the Mike the New Haven podcast. Joelle, welcome. How are you? Do you want to know the truth why it's taken so long? Sure, go ahead. People who are like interviewers, right? Like it is my job. Like I interview people every day. I hate being interviewed. Like it's so like, because you're used to asking the questions. You're not used to, to answering them. So when I tell you, and it's like zero disrespect, but I genuinely put off like any interview request for as long as I possibly can because it's not natural. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like, like how often do you see Oprah being interviewed? I'm, I'm, not like, not, I'm not comparing myself to Oprah, like rewind, but like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's very comfortable to be asking questions and it is so like not, uh, like it's not comfortable for me to be answering them. I get nervous and like nothing right. I really do professionally makes me nervous. <laughs> but, like, it does because I'm like, I don't know. No, it's well, listen, and then you met me, you know, and I never give up. <laughs> <You> were, <laughs> I was persistent. If the Instagram messages definitely are, persistent. I, I will give you that. You are definitely persistent. As John Miller once told me on the show, kind of annoying, but very persistent. You know, didn't, <laughs> you know, and it works. It works for him, it worked for me. So first things first, you're a Long Island girl, as I was saying, you know, when I was introducing you and your family, it's interesting because they owned a bakery. I believe they still do on Long Island. Well, so yeah, there's always been a bakery in my family. So my yeah. my grandparents who are no longer with us, so they got into the bakery business in Brooklyn. They were in Red Hook. Um, gosh, I don't even know how long ago. Very long time ago. 
they wound up moving out to Long Island eventually. Like, you know, like my dad grew up with like 50 something first cousins all in one block in Brooklyn. And so then they all moved out to Long Island and then you still had like 50 first cousins, but just like spread throughout Long Island. So there's always been a bakery in my family. It's been like kind of like the central hub. Um, my grandparents both passed away. My aunt and uncle had taken over the bakery like uh, probably a couple, like probably like two decades ago. And they recently sold the bakery. So it's still the Gargiulo Bakery. They still, my uncle still works there, but it, it's like, it's actually like really sad because the bakery was always, I don't know, like it was just like the central spot. So yeah. yeah but no, you, you're right, kind of alike in that regard because my family's the same thing. Italian families and Dominican families are very, very similar in that same yeah. dynamic. My grandparents owned a restaurant called La Isla here in New Haven and they sold it when I was like a toddler. So I, it's it's something else now. Collado is what it's called. And it, the food's great. Don't get me wrong. Food's banging. But every time we pass by that spot, my mom gets a little wistful. It's that hard. Very yeah. Because yeah. like it used to be yours. You know what I mean? Right. Like it used to be like no matter when, like you could walk in, you could go in the back. And I could still do that. Like I could still do that. Right. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Joel is our guest here in the Mike and Raven podcast. She's short on time. She's a woman that puts the B in busy. So this is going to be a very rapid fire interview, like I said. So you went to SUNY upstate in Albany for being a Long Island girl and of course commuting to the city here and there as you grew up how hard of a life was it or how hard of an adjustment was I should say to upstate life oh my gosh it really like wasn't an adjustment at all so I had I had wanted to go to NYU but I I have an older sister and a younger sister my older sister was going to a very expensive college and so I just like well I, I got into NYU I got into the other schools I couldn't do that to my dad. Like I couldn't, you know, like my dad's real old school where like we were not right. taking out student loans. Like I probably, probably could have, but like, it was just never, I don't know. We just, we just didn't do anything like that. So I was like, you know, I got like a grant to Albany. They had a great business program. Cause I used to, I went into college as an accounting major. Uh, I graduated Albany with a degree in finance and marketing. So I did switch a little bit, but it was like, Albany's a good education, great business school. There was like, they had a pretty high percentage of job placement after graduation. Um, So, you know, so I think like the biggest adjustment was probably going from like not drinking to then going (laughs) to also like a really big party school. Um, Yeah, yeah, like the freshman 15, it was like probably like the freshman 25 and like probably from alcohol. (laughs) Like I never drank or anything like that. And I made up for uh, freshman year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I didn't know that there was like a difference though, between like Long Island and upstate. Like I didn't know any of that. And then I remember being in a taxi and the, the, my cab driver was just like those Long Island girls and was like going off. And that was the first time I was like, Oh, oh, okay. Maybe there's like something, but like my best friend from college is from Syracuse. I was just with her this last weekend. Like, you know, so like, so we're spread all over New York. Uh, I can tell, I can tell. And it is a difference, especially being down here in Connecticut. When I visit my family in the Bronx and in Harlem, it's night and day. It, It is especially night and day. So, you know, you were originally an accountant for a while, but that said, I mean, I remember you mentioning this in a February, 2020 interview that you did right before the pandemic, where you talked about how as a kid, you would kind of make up your own newscast and pretend to interview people. So it's always been in you. So I'm curious, why pursue accounting as opposed to journalism right off the bat? 
I'm really good in math. Um, like numbers came so easy to me. So I think when you're a kid, right, if right. there's something that you excel at, like you kind of want to gravitate towards that because you're getting the affirmation like, oh, she's the best at this or the best at that. And it, I hate to say it, but like it sounded good, right? So like I would tell my parents, oh, I'm going to be an accounting major. It made them so proud when I would say that. Um, and then when I went to, I mean, like, listen, I, I will say like, First semester freshman year, it was like not my best, but we made up for it after that. And I, I did well in college. Um, but then I was like, okay, to me, if I did finance and marketing, when I kind of switched it over, it was like a, like a little bit more fun, if that makes sense, like in yeah. the business world. And I, I don't know, I, I guess I just always thought it's what I should do, opposed to yeah. what I really want to do. Like, you know, I could provide for a family if I worked in accounting or finance. I don't know. I also, it's so different. Like I went to college a hundred years ago. And so it, you know what I mean? Like now I would love to go back to school now. Like even just with everything with social media and with there, there's like so many different things that you can pursue. And I kind of felt like it was like, okay, are you going to work in business? Are you going to be a teacher? Are you going to work in nurse? Like, I don't know. I didn't, I guess I didn't feel like there were as many options. At least I didn't know of all of the options. Well, you worked in it from 2003, I believe, until 2008. And the thing about that is this was wartime economy. 2003 is right when the events in Iraq and Afghanistan were beginning to take off. And then it would kind of culminate with the market crash of 2008. And it's at that moment that you took that leap. Now, this is scary to do regardless, but in the middle of an economical crisis, it's affecting the whole nation even more so. Nevertheless, despite those negative events surrounding you, what helped you ultimately decide that it was the best decision to make? I'm not a risk taker. Like I'm really not a risk taker, but when you're kind of forced into something, right. it's like, okay, what am I going to do? So I worked for KPMG, which is one of the big four accounting firms first. And then I remember when I decided I was going to leave KPMG, I took three days off. I interviewed seven companies in three days. And one of the jobs I got, I got all seven jobs. I'm like, your girl could rock an interview. But I, I remember being so proud, like, oh my God, I got all the offers and I needed to make a decision on where I would go. And I went to New Line Cinema on the finance team. And I went there because I remembered, I just like, I really connected with everybody who I interviewed with. And I kept thinking like, forget about where I'm going. I could see myself with this group. Like it was a group of, I want to say like there was like five women and it was really cool. Um, so I went there. New Line, the New York office of New Line wound up going under. So I had been there for about two years. And I remember it was like rumors, something's going on, something's going on. They're walking around with the folder. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be layoffs, maybe 30%, maybe this, maybe that. Um, and we got called into a big meeting because like uh, Warner Brothers, we, we were under Warner Brothers and right. New Line was still like <laughs> operating as an independent, even though they had like Lord of the Rings, they had all these big movies. Um, and so I, I remember like they were like, we just want you guys to continue working, you know, like business as usual. And I, I, I specifically asked, I was like, are you keeping this office? Because nobody was telling us, like, are we going to have jobs? Are we not going to have jobs? So I said, are you keeping this office? And they said, no. And I said, are you moving us into the Warner Brothers office here in New York? And they said, no. So I was like, okay, like, we're losing our jobs. So they shut down the whole New York office. So it was like, I, and I remember going out to lunch. My boss took me out to lunch, Jackie Moscow, Jackie Mulk Moscow. Um, and she was like, what do you want to do? And it was the first time I actually said it where I was like, I think I want to pursue this thing in TV. And anybody else who I had ever said that to where they were like, do you see how few people make it on TV? Do you see this? It's like never going to happen. And she was the first person. And I, I should, I like need to reconnect with her to tell her this, to be like, 
I could see that that would be so great. You should do that. And there was a, um, we got some sort of like a outplacement service because we had all been laid off. So I met with this woman and I told her that, and she was like, okay, there's like a couple of different programs. So I found a course at NYU. And then I found this digital journalism program at the New York Film Academy, which at the time, NBC, like our teacher was from NBC. So I was like, all right, let me just try it. I'll try it for four weeks. I spent like more money on that in four weeks than I spent like on my college education. And I like, I was hooked. And so I extended it to eight weeks to one semester and then to the whole year. So then I graduated with a degree or I guess a certificate, I just say in digital journalism. But this is like before people were like, we didn't have iPhones really. Like I think like the iPhone just came out, but like very few people had it. So I was forced into taking a risk. I need to be forced into to risky situations. Like, I think that's the accountant in me. Uh, I don't like it, you know? We'll say discipline nearly to a fault. Yeah, That's a good, way, go. to, that's a good go. way of describing there it. You so, you know, NBC for 13 years now, Joel Gargiulo is our guest here in the Mike the New Haven podcast. This is episode 181. 13 years at NBC now, you've interviewed so many notable people. I mean, you mentioned Oprah Winfrey at the top, Tom Cruise, Chris Pratt, John Cena, Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda, excuse me. Your preparation for interviews is incredible. And I don't think you realize how many cues I take from you. I have copied a lot of your methods, specifically in terms of your preparation and the questions that you ask. You never, you, I remember you mentioning this, I think it was to Patrice in a live that you guys were doing on Instagram, where you said that you try to watch their previous interviews to make sure you don't ask the same questions they've already answered. Besides that, give me a deeper glimpse into interview preparation from your perspective. Yeah, I think the cool thing now is that I've been doing it for so long where, I mean, it's a lot easier for me now than it was when I was starting out, right? But I do a lot of, I do a lot of research. Like I do a lot of research and I try to find something that I can connect to with them, right? Because I remember when I was starting out, it used to be more about like, I feel like when anybody's starting out, you're like, okay, how can I look good with this? Like, you know, or like, can I go viral with this? (laughs) Now I'm like, I don't, I don't care about that. Like I'd rather have a genuine conversation. Um, but it's not like, it's not about me. Like it's about the person who's on the other side. So that shift in my, like, just, I guess in my brain or in my method or in whatever has really helped me connect to people, but it's also hard. Like sometimes, like yesterday I, I did, a, I had a great interview yesterday with a, with a Broadway actor and I had like 40 minutes with him. So that's so different. A lot of times you go into these situations and you have four minutes with someone, you know? So when you say the Oprah's, when you say like, you know, the rock, when you say these people, often these are in junket settings and you're, you're booking the interview for the sake of a project that they're promoting. So you have four minutes to talk about their project, stand out, something else that, you know, that you need to make whomever has hired you to do these interviews happy. Like you have to kind of, and then stuff that you're curious about and you got to get this all in, in four minutes. <laughs> I think that's kind of been like a crash course for me. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, and I've, I'm on the other side of things too, where I've produced interviews for people who, and like when they get an hour, I'm like, oh my gosh, do you know what I would, what I would do with an hour? What I would, cause like, then you could really go there, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you have to make a package that is three minutes. Maybe they'll give you three thirty. So I, I don't know if I even answered your question. I guess I just do a lot of research. I try to stand out, but not for the sake of standing out. 
the sake of getting the best the best responses out of whomever I'm speaking to. And when and somebody sees that you've done your homework, they'll respond better to you. You're not going to get like the typical rehearsed answer. Cause like they had, they have like typical rehearsed right. answers so, and you could always tell. And I, and I love it. Like even yesterday I was doing the, uh, the NBC upfronts and I just kept hearing like, Oh, that's a good question. And sometimes it's like too much where like they like can't answer it on the spot. And I get that. Cause I would probably not be able to answer any of like most of the questions I ask on this. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it's just, it's taken time. No. And it's the ultimate compliment you can pay as you know, cause I mean, 80% of this show is NYPD, FDNY interviews. The guys will tell me off the air, Mike, you know more about us than we know about us, you know? So, yeah. and that's, that's, that's a great compliment to be paid because if you don't do your research, especially in New York, they're going to see right through you in a New York minute. Yeah. So it's, it's very, very evident. That said, um, and we're talking with Joe Garzulo here, I'm doing a rapid fire interview flying by the seat of my pants. I haven't made myself look like a fool yet, but give it time. It'll happen. <laughs> uh, so that said, the new cycle can be a very brutal one, especially the last couple of years with COVID, with unrest, now with the war in Ukraine, and you have the good news segment, you know, which is wonderful on Hoda. And Jenna, yeah. your stories on New York Live are also very uplifting and emotional in the right ways. That said, I mean, if you strip away Joel Garjul, the journalist, if you strip away Joel Garjul, the producer, at your core, uh, is it would it be fair to say that the need to uplift others even without these journalistic uh, interests that you have, is what motivates you in these interviews with people. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and every day, like forget about it, even when I'm just not working. Like, yes, there is so much negativity out there. Like, like there really is. There really is. And like, I am not perfect. I don't claim to be. I'm like the opposite of perfect, but I just feel like Same. even with like our phones, right? Like every time like we look down at our phone, like you're getting hit by like more negative news, more negative news. And I'm not saying ignore that, that exists. Like, and we, it's important to pay attention, but I just feel like, I don't know. Like, I just want to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I really just like, I just like making people smile. Like, I like that. I like making my girls smile. You know, like I like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I always, I joke and I'm like, I'm like that dog. When you come to somebody's house, you know, like you, you like open up the door and they have a dog and the dog's like going crazy. And it's like moving its leg and doing this and barking. Like, I feel like that's me. Unless I'm like absolutely exhausted or I haven't had coffee, then you don't want to know me. But like, I think I, I think I like, I feed off of people's energy. So that, that's why also like the pandemic has been really hard for extroverts because we're so used to like our energy being a product of what we're around. Right. Right. And without that, it's, it's difficult to function. One more question before I get to the concluding segment. And it's been a, a great 18 minutes so far with you, you know, the people behind the camera are just as important as the people in front of it. Uh, who, ha who would you say in these 13 years on both ends you've grown closest to at NBC and how have they brought out the best of you, not just as a journalist, but as a person? I mean, everybody, like, like everybody. So from, I mean, it's, it is such a collaborative effort. Like, 
like if I like I'll start with the Today Show, right? Because that was the first the weekend Today Show. That was the first like, well, no. So mobile. Oh, my God. Gosh, I feel old. So I started with NBC mobile. And I started with them. I mean, I wasn't a kid because I had already had a career prior to them. But like, I think about my boss then, Beth O'Connell, who I'm still like, I'm in touch with her till this day. And just like having a mentor who at the time I didn't realize was a mentor. And it's interesting. Like, I think people are trying to steer you in the right direction or teach you lessons. And you don't always realize it at the time, but it like, but then, but then later on, you're like, oh, okay. Then from mobile, when mobile went under, I started doing work with New York Live and then also the Weekend Today Show. And I remember my boss, Dee Dee Thomas, at the Weekend Today Show. Like, see, I had always been a uh, like correspondent who also produced and also this and also that. Like, I've worn 110 hats all the time or like five. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Um, but so Dee Dee, like, I needed somebody to hire me as staff. And it was like, well, who could hire me first? And Dee Dee was like, okay, I have a producer out on maternity leave. My friend Patrice actually, um, she was like, you know, like, come on, come on over, come on over here. So I was my friend Patrice's maternity backfill as a producer on the Weekend Today show, but I still got to do my own correspondent work. And I remember my boss, Dee Dee Thomas, like she worked me, but she put me on and it was like me going out shooting and editing my own spots and then simultaneously like producing live segments for the show and all of that. And like, I always feel like you should never feel like you are above any job because being my own shooter and editor and producer, but then also doing that for like Lester Holt, doing that for Erica Hill, like, you know, like Chanel Jones, Craig Melvin, like doing that for these people made me so much better at my job on the other end of the camera too. Like it was really, really awesome. So then you have like, you know, like even with, I think about Chanel, who I'll, I'll, I'll see her later today. Um, you know, like I could, I think when, when you have that group around you where you could be like, I'm nervous or I'm this or I'm that. And like, it's just like friends talking to friends. That's so helpful. And I think being like having a front row seat to a lot of these people and watching them, like it helps you to be better, you know? And then on the flip side on New York live, like I work with rock stars, like most of our shooters are women. And like, these girls are out there shooting and editing, but because I'm just like, so not rapid fire. I'm so sorry. Um, and we, I have until, until one, I don't have an interview until one that I, that I have to do on the other side. So I'm going to, we'll keep it going. Right. Uh, I'm not going to cut you off, but like on that side, then I, everybody, like literally everybody. And then, and then like, you're lucky enough to like sit with your friend, you know, like when I, you know, I watch Sarah, who is the host of New York Live and how poised she is. And you can't not help but learn from that. Then I sit next to Lauren, who's like, you know, a dear friend of mine, like one of my best friends. And like, it's, it's just, I guess you don't realize how you're all, I don't know the right way to say it. Like you don't realize how you're all helping one another, but I just think like having, having close friends in the industry, like it's the best thing because then you can yep. also like you throw stuff around and you got, and you have each other's back and that's important. And sometimes, you know, maybe like I'll go off the deep end about something and then someone's like, Oh no, just like having perspective, but understanding it. It's really nice. Like it's not, it can be isolating, but when you have such good people around you, which I really feel like I do, mm -hmm. it doesn't make it feel like that <laughs> at all. You're never an army of one, which is a good no, feeling no. to have. And you never want to be alone. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I work with some, I work with like really awesome people. I will say that. Of course. Well, since I have till one, it's good because before I get to the concluding segment, I want you, I want to tell you this on the air. 
And I don't think you realize how important you've been to this show and how much of a role you've played and how this show has been able to take off. I'm not going to name any names, but to give you a little inside baseball for the audience, uh, about a couple years ago, I had a really bad experience where because some some dumb things I did being a rookie, I reached out to a news personality and it didn't work out, long story short. And so I had reached out to Joelle to help me. It turned into a disaster. I felt awful. And I reached out to Joelle on Instagram, <laughs> apologizing about this disaster that I had uh you know, unintentionally dragged her into. And what you said to me was so simple, but so helpful. And it clicked like wildfire. And once it clicked, I never looked back. Make this the kind of podcast you would want to listen to. Yeah. And so thank you so much, because now I'm 12 subscribers away from a thousand. I have 175,000 views in total on the YouTube channel. I've made so many friends in the NYPD world, FDNY world, you know, keeping up sports, obviously the news world with you. And that would have never happened had you not said that to me in that moment. So you really helped me out when I was at my lowest. And I can never thank you enough for that. That is so awesome. Like, that's, first of all, like, almost at a thousand. That's amazing. Like, that is incredible. That's incredible. But also, like, I think we we live in such a, it's such an odd world right now because we're so, like, we're so connected to our phones and all of this stuff. And, like, I always just try to encourage people, like, Get off your phone and just out, like out into the world, because so much of what we see on our phones, it's not the full picture, right? right. It's not the full picture. So you know, and so you think this or you think that, and like, I don't know. I, I think making mistakes would be the best way to learn. I would say, like, you know what I mean? And like, actually, I remember, um, I think when I was at NBC Mobile, like, I, like, I like wanted the Today Show, right? Like my second day at NBC, but I learned, like, you kind of have to make the mistakes like when not as many people are watching yep. <laughs> right oh, yeah. because it's like a little bit it's like a little bit more forgiving but i think like at the end of the day again it, it it's very like it's very easy to be like i want this person i want that person but i think when you're you know when you're doing a podcast whatever it is like you have to ask yourself why why like is it a person you would just want to have a conversation with and if that if the answer is yes then great then yep. there you go right but, but it's like I think it's being honest about that too, right? But like, you know, make make the show that you want and and the listeners will come, the followers will come and like, you can't go wrong and try, I mean, it, it can be so easy to get into our head, I think, especially in this business. And just, I always say like, give yourself grace. I tell, I tell myself that all the time. Like just this week, I was telling that to myself, like, but we, like you have to give yourself grace and just, also, like the cool thing about our industry is because it is so fast paced. It's like you have to understand by the next day, people are on to the next. Like, so right. like, yep. well, like I like beat myself up about stuff for years, for years, the same thing. And I'm like, nobody's thinking about this. It's just me. Like, it's, it's just, just me. Same way. Same way for me. But you know, I, I can look back at the experience. Birthday? When's your birthday? Uh, February. February what? 22nd. So, okay. So you're an Aquarius or you're right on the cusp of Pisces? I don't know. I don't really follow this stuff, to be honest okay, with you. Okay. All right. I'm a Pisces. And so we're, I'm like, a, I'm very sensitive. I'm like very sensitive to people around me and all of that. I think you might be, I'm going to have to look it. I'll look it up. But I, I think you're at the end of Aquarius, beginning of Pisces. Well, this has been a fabulous show. Stick around, though, because I know you got to one, so don't sign off yet. Uh, like I said, it was a rapid-fire interview. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Coming up tonight, like I said, it's a doubleheader. She was New York One's first on-air hire in 1992 when they started up. Romatori will be here at 6 p.m. Oh, that's so cool. 
So she will be here for that. And on Friday, he was an engine man in Brooklyn for his 23 years in the FDNY. Finished up as a lieutenant for volume 17 of another miniseries we have on the show. The best of the bravest interviews with the FDNY's elite retired FDNY lieutenant. Rich Dumick will be here. So that's Friday at 7 o'clock. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Stephen Soslavsky, Bill Ryan of the Ryan Investigative Group, a retired NYPD arson explosion squad detective, and Alicia B. So I'll see you guys for the doubleheader with Roma. Joel, stick around. Uh, we'll say our goodbyes off the air. And in the meantime, on behalf of Joel Garciulo, I'm Mike Cologne, and we will see you later tonight, everybody. Take care. Oh, man. Oh, look at that girl right there. Goodness gracious. Oh. That girl fine, man. Look at the oh, she just too fine. She knows she fine too. She is banging. Oh, she's off the hook. She looks good. Oh. <laughs> You're right. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Oh, and I bet you can't nobody get that girl. Chris, I can get her. Can't get in that girl. Mike, I guarantee you can't get that girl. Watch me get that girl. I bet you never, never land. You can't. I can get her. All right. Jump on in. Jump on. Watch. <laughs>
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.